just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. Never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. Welcome back to the Gentleman Boss podcast. I have a lovely guest today that I'm very excited to introduce you to. Um, her name is Marion Weiler. And Marion is a former corporate executive, growth strategist, leadership expert, global citizen, and mom of four. Woohoo! <laughs> As president at Weiler International LLC, Marion brings her experience to business executives and leaders to grow and develop organizationally, professionally, and personally. Marion is passionate about leadership development and mentoring particularly next-generation female mentorship, where she's guiding leaders to navigate the biases and complexities of the corporate world. So welcome to my show, Marianne. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. Um, I remember the first time we were you contacted me on LinkedIn, and we we've had mm -hmm. a few discussions since, and I thought you would be a great fit for my listeners and um, share all the wisdom that you've gained through your you know, decades, it seems funny to say that, but in corporate America yeah. and all the things you've achieved. Um, it's really an honor to have you here. Uh, you're a great, you'll be a great role model example for my listeners. So why don't you start out a bit and tell us, um, share you know, your path through corporate America, um, how, how you got to where you are today and what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Michelle. Again, I'm so, so excited to be here. And, you know, when I first saw your posts on LinkedIn, it, it spoke to me because the, the female leader and, um, you know, female role models and just the whole movement of women empowerment has always been very near and dear to my heart. And I personally believe we've reached a stage of 2.0 leadership, I call it female leadership, as we are growing a lot of really powerful and amazing female leaders. Mm -hmm. And now it's it's the question of how do we give back and how do we enable others to uh, perhaps, you know, go through and navigate through the corporate world and their careers and their life in a way that we wish we had. So, you know, a little bit about my background and where I am today. Today, I am uh, independent. I'm an executive business consultant and, as you mentioned, leadership mentor. Um, and I started off, though, in the corporate world. And, in fact, I, I grew up overseas where in an environment uh, near to Switzerland where mm -hmm. it was a very very rural area. Most moms were at home. And I uh, was, I, I was actually raised as well by my mom at home, which was amazing as a child. But I grew up in a way where I didn't have any role models of moms that would also pursue a career. It was very clear role distinction, who mm -hmm. does what. And while that was beautiful at the time, as I perceived it, when I realized when I, um, got older and I realized that I would like to have a career. And I started having thoughts of, is that even the right thing to do? 
right? Is that even possible? All kinds of thoughts popped up. And I ultimately fast forward, I had an opportunity to work in the US and and I saw how many women actually were going for their careers. And much to my amazement, they, they had children, they had a career, they were very independent. And so that kind of opened my eyes. And, and uh, ultimately throughout all these years, I achieved what I at that time never thought was even possible to be in an executive role and to make those decisions and having that impact on others. And I took that always very seriously mm -hmm. of my team and the well-being of everybody around, the effectiveness as a team, and making sure that we would um, work well together. People were taken care of, and at the same time, we were we were performing at at the highest level possible. That's um, a remarkable backstory because I think you know. Uh, being raised here in the states, um, I was I was also raised by a stay-at-home mom, um, which was just our family's personal choice. It didn't really have anything to do with where we lived, you know. But um, having growing up with that desire to serve, to do more, right, to to reach your potential, but not being in an environment that really encourages that, it takes a lot of self determination and a lot of um, self motivation, right, to sort of break out of that norm. And like you said, it's a beautiful norm, but mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't what you wanted for yourself. So you sort of forged yeah. through and created your path. That's amazing. So because that, I think possibly a more common, um, in Europe, more rural Europe, right? Although here too, there is like, you know, out in the plains and farm country, there are a lot of children born into families and they're raised on the farm. I grew up on a farm, so I love that. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, but it's encouraging for them to know they can still have that dream and go for it and succeed. That's yeah. a, that's a great yeah. backstory. Now, I'm a big, go ahead. I, just to, to continue on that, I believe that we should all have the choice to do what is right for us. Because while I chose that path for myself and, and going into career, I also feel that some moms might not right. go that path and that is okay as well. And I believe it, it simply comes down to the fact that like men do already, there is, you know, they, they choose what they want to do mm -hmm. and what, and, and in a way, I guess, perhaps sometimes they don't choose, they are expected to go to work more so than women are. So that's a whole other conversation. But I believe that even when we are within a team, when we see what makes that in, individual and what are their goals, they are not always the same. Mm. So I'd like to talk about your, um, your leadership style, because we've, in our previous conversations, you know, we talked about the importance of women supporting women, mm -hmm. um, not in every, in every facet of life, right? As neighbors, as friends, as relatives, but especially as colleagues or coworkers in the, in the workplace. Um, as you know, I had a very negative experience with other women in the workplace. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and how you your view of that and how you became that leader that we all would love to have in the workplace. <laughs> yeah, I my my personal leadership style is 
I, uh, I'm very clear on expectations, but kindness, empathy, understanding, and again, putting the individual and really understanding where they're coming from. What are their strengths? What are their hopes? What are perhaps the things that I can help them navigate through? That is very important to me. And personally, I feel that we need more inspired leaders. Mm -hmm. We need leaders that, that perhaps take the ego to the side. And that's been something in my experience, especially with female leaders and female bosses that I personally had, I felt that the ego was very much in the forefront. It was a lot of backstabbing. It was a lot of comparison, a lot of talking behind somebody's back, almost in a way where, where constant competing was taking place. Mm -hmm. And I personally come from a place that, that as a leader, and personally, as an inspired leader, I believe it is so important to put that ego to the side because you're already, you are in this position, right? And we're not leading anymore by title, that those days are gone. Mm -hmm. Now leading means we are having an impact. We are having influence. We are doing the right things. And as part of doing the right things and having that impact, we have to connect with with the team, with the people that we have around, that we have, quite frankly, a responsibility for. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the change in, in mindset that I have personally found uh, with men, uh, men, mentors or role models of male bosses. And I had luckily uh, quite a few of them because that kind of goes back to your previous question, Michelle, we all need mentors. Mm -hmm. We needed mentors. We still need mentors in different areas of our life because that is part of that, that experience, part of who makes, what, what makes us better because we don't stop learning. It continues on. But these mentors need to be there. And again, from my perspective, the female mentors did not guide me or support me or I didn't feel like I had... Um, they had my back, mm -hmm. so to speak. And, you know, I, I recently did a LinkedIn poll, which um, just confirmed my own experience, like on my own, and also from the many women that I've uh, spoken to, you know, in, in, in our conversation and your audience as well, where it became very clear that a lot of the um, female leaders that are today established they did not have that kind of support or that kind of role modeling or somebody that they felt was looking for their growth, was looking for their best interest and really help them navigate through some of these complexities, some of these biases that are still existing in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So can you share some of the stats from your poll? I'm, I, I participated in it, actually, and I'm curious yes. for the, um, the findings, the, the, what the data says. Yeah, yeah. So we have a, a majority we had. So the question that I asked, I should really start with that, was did you have in your career a role model that or a mentor, a female mentor that was guiding you? was supporting you and you felt that they had your interest and your growth in mind. And so 58% of those that responded said no. 
clearly no. And even within the comments that I got, it was very, um, very straightforward that there was none of that, quite the opposite of what we were saying earlier mm -hmm. from a perspective of, you know, I felt like I was a threat. I felt that my uh, female boss or my manager was trying to hold me even back. I mean, now we're not even talking about mentoring and guiding and, and really having their growth in mind because as a leader, I believe it is my responsibility to get the best out of people, to, to get them to that level where they're going to be ready for that next step, right. right? Where they are taking on responsibility and I guide them along the way so they feel more comfortable with that. So 58% said no. Hmm. And as I was going into the data, I had, as part of my poll, I, I clarified, I said, female leaders here's a poll for you. And I noticed that some of, uh, some of the responses came from men, which is an entirely different, and they said yes, which brings mm. a bit of a complexity to it because it obviously screws the number slightly, which tells me the no's would have been even higher mm. than the 58%, right? Mm. And it also brings to light the fact that and that reflected the same in my experience that men with female bosses have on on average a better experience from a mentorship role modeling standpoint growth standpoint than females do mm -hmm. which brings in a whole other host of questions that dynamic of female female versus i am a female leader and i have a male report mm -hmm. That is fascinating. Um, I, I, when I read through the comments on your poll, I did notice that too. It was very clear distinction. There was no, well, I sort of did. They were kind of there for me sometimes, but then it was like, no, on not on any level, right? Women, yeah. the women that responded were very clear. The one, especially the ones that said no, um, yeah. which is a comfort to me in a way because of the experience I went through. I know obviously I'm not alone, but it shows, I just feel with the whole Me Too movement and trying to, um, you know, hold men accountable in the workplace for the way they treat women, there's equally as much work that has to be done in how women, particularly women in leadership roles, how they treat other women that are, like you say, are reports or subordinates of theirs. Um, it's... It's sad because for all the all the steps forward we take in society for equality, mm -hmm. you know, the, there's fighting within the ranks. And until that that gets cleared up, there really won't be a lot of progress. But as you referenced earlier, when women view women as a threat or as competition, or you know, when all those insecurities come into play, which is mm -hmm. essentially what they are that's that it's a human response right that is difficult to fight and then it just that just seems to take over the the dynamic in the workplace and then people don't give their all they hold back yeah. they they hide skills they downplay their abilities because they don't they're they're worried about job security so it, it yeah. really does affect the bottom line ultimately what it does it costs organizations to have that kind of yeah. issue with leadership 
And it and I've done a ton of, of research on that topic and all the, the pieces that I pulled together and, and again my own experience showed that there is a level of, of scarcity in thinking. And I think a lot of it comes back to mindset and perhaps the early days when there was literally no space or one spot for perhaps a female. And so that competition started on early on. And, and you said you brought up the, the confidence, right? And the, the feeling of I deserve this spot, right? And there's more, it's not a scarcity mindset, but to say there's more space, right? There is abundance. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that is this next level that I call the 2.0, there is more space because if I can, and that goes for male um, reports as well, if I can lift and uplift other people, our team will perform better. Mm -hmm my department will, will be better. And, and so it's a win-win, but we have to make that switch from that scarcity mindset to an abundance to say, mm -hmm. I feel confident and comfortable in myself that I can allow others to come in and say, I am helping you. And even, you know, quite frankly, sometimes I've hired, I've hired um, people, team members that were excellent in one area perhaps that I wasn't as experienced and I hired them because I knew they were better in that one area mm -hmm. and so that's what I'm hiring them for right mm -hmm. if if we can find and grow and mentor those around us to really get their greatness we all benefit but we have to change our mindset and we have to change the way we go about that. And I believe that is something that has festered over years mm -hmm. of, if it's me, it can't be her, right? Mm -hmm. Or if it's her, it can't be me. What if she gets better what, than me? What if she takes over my role? Right. What if she replaces me? What if she looks better in this meeting than I do? It's, it's, and we all bring our own uh, strengths to the table. Mm -hmm. and, and so that is, I believe, the linchpin of where we need to start and say, okay, how do we feel about ourselves as leaders? And how can we now bring that to the next generation? Because the other part that I've noticed is that strong women that have that confidence, they don't feel threatened. You do see some women that connect very well with other A players, often A personality women that made it despite all of these challenges. Mm -hmm. And you see them, a lot of them. And there's a level of resilience and they connect with other strong women but they don't connect and they don't get along very well with women that are insecure, that are looking to, you know, play themselves up and play your, yourself down. So that's, that's what I've noticed. Yeah, that's very interesting. Very, it's true that going from that scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, let me create, if, if it seems like yes. there's not room, I will create it for you and we will work together for the better, right? That's, yeah. It sounds so simple, but we know it's a huge overhaul process to get it to is. get it there. So you mentioned earlier about having um, uh, male mentor, male mentorship that was very successful. Can you talk a little about that? Because mm -hmm. I I've experienced that too professionally. 
um, yeah. great experiences with men, even men younger than me, like that became my mentor because they were, they were great in something like you said that I was not, and they taught me and yeah. walked me along. So share some of that with us. Yeah, I had, I was lucky and very fortunate, I should say, that I had a lot of mentors in different levels of my life and my business. But if you're looking at my business, the one that, that comes to mind is uh, the one when I, at the very beginning of me being in the States, actually, and still having a lot of that German mindset of, you know, how I was raised that when you have uh, executives that are senior to you in experience, and of course, senior to you in age, you don't necessarily speak up. You don't, um, and you certainly don't tell them, you know, your opinion, if it's of a different opinion than what they said. And you're, mm -hmm. you're very respectful, almost obeying uh, what they say from, mm -hmm. from that perspective. And I remember I started this role. I started very early on doing strategic planning for them. And I took on more and more responsibility at a rate that I just didn't, I, I could, I could almost not fathom how quickly that went on. And so I found myself at these meetings where I literally was the only woman at these senior meetings. And at the time I was like around my thirties, I wanna say still very young, uh, young rising leader. And I had all of these, you know, a, a, a sea of gray hair, right? <laughs> Everybody was my, like at least 15, 20 years my senior they had amazing experience. They've been in these roles for years. And here I am new in this leadership role uh, with my German background. And I would sit there. And then on top of that, the language, you know, that I was still kind of getting a hang off because I, I, that was my second language. Right. So I sat at these meetings and I remember like it was yesterday, I would look left and right and they would talk and they would have their conversation and I would have great ideas, but I never spoke up. And so after the meeting, I would go to my manager, my boss, and he was um, the executive director at the time, and he took on more and more responsibility too. And he said, you have all these fantastic ideas. Why do you never speak up? You need to speak up. Don't tell me afterwards. Tell, tell them in the meeting. And I said, I can't do that. They're all my seniors. They all have more experience than I did. And that was the moment when I started, where it started clicking, he said, you need to speak up. And if I need to call you out in this meeting and say, Marion, what do you think? Oh. <laughs> and so here I was, and it took months for me to feel comfortable. And he said, you got to interrupt them, interrupt them. I said, interrupt them. How could I possibly do something like that? Right. And so Fast forward six months later, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, well, I actually have an idea. And, you know, I, I think we should do it this way. Or, or have you considered that? And so I noticed how my confidence grew, how I started to contribute. Mm -hmm. I started to make an impact. And they loved, sometimes, of course, they, they say, well, I'm not so sure based on, you know, whatever we were discussing. But I realized that my voice mattered. Mm -hmm. They wanted to hear from me. I had great ideas to bring. I had an outside perspective, a fresh perspective. And that's exactly what was needed. But would I have gotten there if he wouldn't have pushed me? Mm -hmm. 
who knows right we don't right. know and mm -hmm. that's my point we sometimes we need somebody that believes in us even mm -hmm. when we don't yet believe in ourselves and why does that have to be a man why can't that be a woman mm -hmm. why can't that be a female leader who sits there and says or gives credit and and that's another thing that i believe is very um it's important that when we are in a meeting and I have my graphic designer who's done an amazing job at a campaign and yes sure maybe I presented sometimes you know I had them presented right. even though that was out of the norm it's you as the senior executive you need to present that sure sometimes that's the case but whenever I have an opportunity I want to highlight them I want to say mm -hmm. here whoever XYZ did this amazing campaign. And better yet, if there's an opportunity, he or she can present. And so that is something that builds the confidence. And yeah. I've seen it over and over again, that in the beginning, they're timid. Mm -hmm. They don't feel confident. They do amazing work, but they stay in the background. Nobody really knows, or some of the leaders take the, take the credit mm -hmm. as if it was yeah. their idea. And at the end of the day, the way I look at leadership is I make sure everybody has what they need to bring out their best. That's my job as a senior leader. My job is not to come up with every detail, to have an answer to every question. Right, right. So that, that's where mentorship comes in. Did you ever feel, um, did you ever experience sort of having your work sabotaged or someone trying to, you know, get into every detail and micromanage, you know, in your career, did you deal with that? Because I know I get a lot of, um, a lot of feedback from um, my audience uh, on LinkedIn, especially about handling that sort of, um, especially female boss that is is threatened or i mean have you ever did you ever experience that or did you ever have to fight that within yourself like because you were worried about the outcome being perfect you know the best it could be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's an interesting question michelle because i i would say both actually okay. mm -hmm. uh, i am somebody that I am 100%, I like things done right, I like high quality, and that's what I said earlier, my expectations are, are pretty high. Mm -hmm. I, if, I, if I know they have that potential, I'm going to do what I can to get them to, to that. But I did, um, in the very beginning of my career, I had a tendency towards micromanaging, mm -hmm. and I realized that that wasn't something that uh, really worked across the board. I had to let go and mm -hmm. I had to let go a bit of that control, but that also meant that I had to hire even better people. Yes. And, and so there comes that, that uh, dynamic again, because now when I'm hiring better people or, or more qualified people, they're likely not going to be want to be micromanaged I know mm -hmm. certainly I didn't right there's nothing mm -hmm. worse it's like you tell me what I what how I should do something when I should do something that's a that that's a terrible environment mm -hmm. to get what what you know is, is my best 
but having said that i had that tendency so i had to make that 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 growth spurt to in my own leadership and growth to say i am hiring the best people for this job and they know what they do and sometimes they're even more expert in that particular area mm -hmm. of expertise than i am so i'm i'm taking partly their guidance and i again my role is not to micromanage right. them my mm -hmm. role is to clearly define how it all flows together mm -hmm. and then i give up a bit of that control um, for them to to really work through and i've had amazing results with that but it required me to get to a leadership level that i felt more confident that I felt um, that I didn't feel threatened in, in any way mm -hmm. or, or um, afraid that the result wouldn't meet my expectations. So it's the expectation upfront. It's being clear of what are we looking to accomplish here? Mm -hmm. and, and then kind of the, the delivery has to of course, match that. And so my own experience with uh, female bosses has been um, the former that I had every female boss that I had, I felt was in a way micromanaging or was uh, really disengaged and then suddenly she will come back and say oh but I need this tomorrow mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. I already shifting all the time mm -hmm. it's like it was something that wasn't important at all so I focused on other things and then suddenly this became so important that I had to have it tomorrow yeah. that's not uh, an environment mm -hmm. that brings out the best in people. It's not an environment that fosters motivation, performance, mm -hmm. in fact, quite the opposite, because I remember how I felt and I wanted to do a good job. My output was very important to me. I was, and I believe by the way, that every professional wants to do a good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the underlying assumption. When I hire somebody, I'm assuming they want to do a good job because who doesn't? Right, right. Right, we do. We want to have an impact. We want to show up. We want to produce good work. If we don't produce good work, it's usually because of something else. So mm -hmm. the question is, what is it? Right, so if I notice mm -hmm. that somebody on my team is, is not performing well, then perhaps, again, my ego can go to the side and I can inquire mm -hmm. what's going on mm -hmm. you know what what's what's happening do you do you not have what you need or what's right. or sometimes you know it's also it could not be not to get into personal issues but who knows what might be going on in that in that person's life right. and right. i i personally believe life and business it's all built on that trust mm -hmm that we have to establish to say you i've i've noticed you know you relate to this meeting or i've noticed you know you, you usually uh or or i was thinking you know the the quality of your work um used in this last project was better what's going on mm -hmm. how can mm -hmm. i help you how can i support you mm -hmm. you know talk to me like yeah. let's figure this out together and that requires that trust and and no, I did not have that, unfortunately, with any of my female bosses. I felt it was rather random. Uh, it was ego-driven mm -hmm. um, to a big extent. And, and worst, when I felt that I had much more knowledge and experience in something 
and I would get pushback because of title, because, oh, I am your manager, I'm your boss, I tell you what to do, mm -hmm. even though I knew for a fact it made no sense based on my expertise and experience. And I believe that's how we lose people. Uh, thank you for your honesty there, Marion, because I think all high performing people, right? Like you said, you, your expectations are way up here and you want to do the, every, the outcome to be the possible best it can be. And you expect that from your team and you make that clear. So that can tend to make us sort of keep track, right? Sort of like we need hands everywhere, ears everywhere, because we, we have that outcome. So fixed in mind, I think that a lot of um, high performing leaders probably can relate to that tendency. I think it's just normal, right? So it is all about trust because if you hire people that you know have the ability, they uh, it, they excel in this one area, then you put your trust in their ability to perform yeah. at the peak level. And that I think that's probably something you can only learn over time that as you see the good outcomes that come from it and everyone is a stepping stone in building that trust and confidence where you can now breathe, focus on your oversight, right? It, it, like you said, setting those parameters, letting expectations be known. I think a lot of people will relate to your what you just shared with us. So thank you for that. The Gentlewoman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in top entrepreneurship podcasts by Podchaser, and top 20 best whistleblower podcasts for 2021 by Castbox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. And your other point, to your other point about that's when you lose good people, it reminds me um, in a, a position that I had where I, I did have a very, it was a very toxic workplace and I had a, a boss that went from micromanaging to intentionally ignoring emails, messages, requests for information. It, it would swing back and forth and it was exhausting. And then the workload just kept coming and coming. And I, I mean, my husband just said, you have to just sort of disengage. You, you are working 10 times harder than anyone else, not being compensated for it. They're taking advantage. You just show up, do what you do, get your paycheck. And I don't want to work like that. That's not my work ethic. That is not who I am. So I, I, for my own mental health, I did just sort of start showing up and pretty much working at the level I saw around me and just mediocre. And I, I felt better in one sense. I didn't feel as stressed, but I felt horrible as far as my productivity. I knew I could do so much more. And that went on and on. Then I got very ill and I ended up resigning. And when I handed my letter of resignation to the executive director, after she went on a spiel about everything amazing she had done in her career for 45 minutes, which I don't know what it had to do with my resigning, but I had to listen to that. And then she said, I'm not surprised. You've been disengaged for months. And I thought, well, if you've noticed that for months, why didn't you yeah. meet with me or ask, you know, so it was mm -hmm. like, it was just a sad realization that mm -hmm. exactly like, so I, I did, I resigned and it's, it's too bad because everything I established in that position for that organization 
has pretty much unraveled since I left, mm-hmm. you know, all the systems and processes I put in place that I painstakingly worked to help them were just sort of, they never replaced me. They didn't even backfill my position. So it, it's just, it, it's not, it's not a, you know, the, the, these issues are hallmarks of unhealthy organizations yeah. that cost ultimately so much on the bottom line that's difficult to quantify, right? Because where do you, where, if they didn't replace me, well, now they're saving on salary, but what about everything that's not getting done now that I once did? How do you quantify mm-hmm. that loss to the organization? Yeah. 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 That's, thank you for sharing that, Michelle, because I think that a lot of us have experienced some sort of that. Um, and, and, and really in the, at the end of the day, it's the other person, like you're almost pushed into that, right? Mm-hmm. What choice do you have? Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to stay healthy and, and, you know, you mentioned your mental health. And I remember, uh, you know, months of me waking up and knowing the first thing that I look at my phone, I had a horrific text message from my boss on my phone mm. that of whatever, right, went wrong again, or somebody on the team did something wrong, or we didn't deliver, or, and I always chose even to stand up for the people on my team, because again, we're coming back to responsibility, yeah. right? who am I to put someone else under the bus? Mm-hmm. And then hearing things like, oh, they should just be happy that they have a job, right? Or or statements like that. And then of mm-hmm. course, it also at times gets more personal, right? You're not leading them right, or you're not making sure they're doing what they need to, or you are not doing what you need. But my point is, I would venture to say, based on my experiences and, and speaking to people, that a lot of women have experienced that. Mm-hmm. And so that is part of what made me um, really drives my mission, my vision for my own company. Mm-hmm. I am determined and I am passionate about eliminating that kind of anxiety, that kind of um, suppression. Uh, depression right of 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 employees and people in Mm -hmm. general you know of course you know we were talking here about female but that goes a long way I mean what is it like 70 percent of employees don't like to show up at work Mm -hmm. or they feel and it gets more and more stressful at times as you are rising in your in your role because now you're also responsible for other people Mm -hmm. on your team and so Mm -hmm. I remember how I felt when I just thought about my phone and what I might find on that phone. Mm -hmm. And I swore I am not going to ever be that person. In fact, I'm going to do quite the opposite. I am going to do what I can do to be the exact opposite to that female boss, because I remember how I felt. And so that is my mission in the whole mentorship, leadership development. It's that trust that Mm -hmm. builds the connection. And so, and it's the same, by the way, even with, with children, they know exactly what I expect. Mm -hmm. They know, they know me, but it comes with a kindness. It comes with an empathy. And so it, it becomes more of a situation where they want to do a good job because they know they can, and they they don't want to disappoint me. So if something does go wrong, even, you know, within the team, they come to me and they say, you know, unfortunately, this, 
this didn't work out or I can't get it done in time or, mm -hmm. but they feel, they feel bad about that, you know, versus yeah. feeling yeah. defensive. And, and we're back at the mindset uh, of it all. When we start getting defensive, we have our ego is in the front. Mm -hmm. We start mm -hmm. protecting ourselves. We start, you know, I can tell you how many emails I saved just for the case that maybe I needed at some point, right? Of like, uh, as proof of whatever, you know, was yeah. said and, and done. And that type, that kind of energy and that amount of energy that is simply wasted. Yes. And that is even worse has an impact on us as people as mothers as sisters as friends as partners at whatever role we take on in life it has a ripple effect and so when i i'm just using my own example when i felt that way at work that had an impact on how i showed up i woke up in the morning i couldn't even think about anything else Mm -hmm. the kids or, you know, whatever yeah. might be going on other than what am I going to see when I open my email? Mm. And so that I believe is where we need to start. And if everybody that is now in a powerful situation or is in a leadership role or anywhere where we have influence, we have impact, why not be that person that you wished you had? Yeah, that is powerful. Um, I think what I love about what you bring to your the, the sector of um, business, you know, development and leadership, you've experienced both, right? You've had the great mentorship and support and you've had the not so great. Let's just say it nicely. <laughs> so you, you've been on both sides of the tracks, right? And you've in your yeah. career. So you understand. And I, and I also love the fact that you brought up um, the ripple effect to our families. I mean, not everyone is a married female leader, right? Or maybe they're married, but they don't have children. It doesn't matter, right? Our personal life is equally as important. It's more important than our work life. We're working to support our family, right? We're working to support, to live our life to the fullest with our loved ones. So when, when we're sick about work, that that affects everything, like you said, in, in the home, our relationship with our children, our focus, our attention to them, our presenteeism, all those things. Mm. And that, and you have to, you have to get to a point, you have to just, you know, is this worth the, the price I'm paying, right? And like you said, and that also goes to the work-life balance, because the first thing you wait after a good night's sleep, or hopefully, the first thing you should not have to deal with is looking at your phone and getting a horrible text from a work, someone at work, you know, there, there should be, I feel like that line needs to be a little clearer that to respect I, to this day, I'm old fashioned. I will never call someone before nine o'clock in the morning, even a friend. Um, I might text a few close friends before nine, but I, I, I just feel that that's not, it's personal time. I'm not saying yeah. that's right or wrong. It's yeah. just how I feel. So yeah. If my phone rings at eight o'clock at night, the first thing I think is who died because who's calling yeah. you at eight o'clock at night? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, sometimes it, it is a family issue, or, but I, I just feel like that's, uh, that's just how I guess I was raised. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, it's, 
That's a good point. And, and maybe just quickly to what you said, because you bring up a good point. Not everybody has a partner or, or, or children. And, and that is not even really the point, even ourselves, how we show up to life, our health, mm-hmm. our quality of life is impacted. We mm-hmm. don't even need to go to people around us because even when we're looking at ourselves, we do still have roles. We show up in the world when we go out shopping, when we interact with people. And if we are not happy, if we are at a level of anxiousness and unhappiness, it has an impact on us personally, but it has an impact on how we show up to everybody around us. And that's something that I, that I learned over the years that, um, leaving out that judgment sometimes when we come across people that seem to be absent-minded or or that are just seemingly always in a bad mood or complaining about something it's really the fear and the hurt that oftentimes is speaking because Mm -hmm. they are going perhaps through some kind of experience that makes them act this way or they don't know how to cope with it and so I believe we have to start from the other side and creating more inspired leaders that have that in mind because that will have the effect that we are covering more and more environments and corporate environments at that um, where we but of course, also personally, how we show up, how we treat other people. I think that's just, that should be a given. But right now we're talking about corporate. If we can create those kinds of leaders that experience this, and then they give it to the next generation, the next generation leaders, that in itself is going to have a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Because some of the more old school or the leaders we were talking about, they will be replaced by some more inspired leaders or their business, quite frankly, and I've seen it, it's usually not doing so great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of the leadership within. It all starts, it's how do they say that? I guess that's an American saying like the fish starts stinking at the, t- at at the head, head yeah. at the top or whatever it is. It's that it's true. Yeah, it's true. You have to have strong leadership throughout your organization or you're going to at some point, it, it, it's all going to fall together like a card house. It, and I don't you, I shouldn't say don't, I don't want to assume, but do you feel this is even more the case coming out of the pandemic? And yes. the, the, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about those yes. shifts in the workplace and in corporate? Yes, I believe, you know, you have a lot of different components that kind of play a role here, because like from a talent standpoint, right, if you're looking for really qualified talent, or even the next generation, and I've seen it, I've, I've uh, dealt a lot with Generation Y, Generation Z, and they just look at things differently, mm-hmm. right? They they have different expectations of their life, of their work. Uh, where when I started my uh, my corporate career, it was a given that I would go into work. Right now, we are having this working from home, and it comes back to trust. Do I trust that they do their job? Do mm-hmm. I do I think they're gonna sit at the beach and drink a cocktail when they should be working? Right? <laughs> but it's like what am I thinking? What am I assuming, right? If I'm hiring professionals, I must assume that they want to do a good job. They need to know what responsibility is there and they are going to do, they get, are going to deliver the results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's at the end of the day, really all that matters. 
Right. If somebody, and I've had examples where I had team members and say somebody before the pandemic would say, you know, can I work from home today? Because, um, you know, my car is in the shop, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Sure. Why not? Right. right? I know you are professional. I know you know your deadlines. I know, you know, what needs to get done. I know you put on your phone so somebody can reach you. I, I know you're on your computer. I'm not assuming you're going to go back to bed and take a nap. Right. 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 It, it's, it's one of those, it's trust. Mm -hmm. And so I would get pushback. It's, oh, well, if we start that, you know, we have one person uh, working from home, God forbid, right? Mm -hmm. we, we all need to be here. It's, it's, a thinking that I believe it brings more responsibility to the individual mm -hmm. to say, I know what I need to do, right? And that's how right. I led, that's how I work, that's the environment that I, I am my best, is I know what I need to do. And if I feel like my boss is trusting me, you're going to experience the best of me. If I feel like you don't trust me, then, you know, it's, it gets, uh, gets uncomfortable. It gets just uh, not very productive. Mm -hmm. And I believe the same is true. And I've seen the same being true with my team. And so now after the pandemic, now that people have been home, they have experienced certain, certain, I guess, in a way, like the, the work from home for some good, for some not so good. Mm -hmm. and, and then, of course, again, you have other components that you have children at home, right? Were they homeschooling? Are you taking care of, of uh, loved ones? Are you, uh, some, of, some families are living under one roof again right. because they right. were combining households due to cost or whatever, right? Yep. We are having yep. so many different situations that you really can't, just generalize. You have to look at your team. You have to look at your company and, and like, what do you stand for, right? What mm -hmm. are your values? Mm -hmm. And then how do you translate that into your leadership and, and into the individual where you are making sure that that person has what they need to give their best right. that's in alignment with what you're looking to accomplish, that's, um, <laughs> I can't believe something you just said reminded me of this exact scenario. Um, I took a walk this morning, ran into a neighbor. We were chatting about her daughters is uh, one works at a local university. She's been remote working, you know, virtually from home. She's uh, administration. She's not in ac the academia side. So she, I said, is she looking forward to going back on campus? And she said, no, she said her, her work can be done from anywhere. As long as she has a computer and an internet connection, you know, she, so I said, well, hopefully they'll at least consider hybrid. And she said, well, her boss is really, really old school. He's the really, he's older, literally age-wise. And from that you know, old, old school environment that you need to be in the office so I could see that you're being productive. And I said, yes, but has she done her job for the past 14 months? Yes, she has. So it, it is, a, I think it's a, it's a shift too, based on maybe um, age, right? The age of leadership, because if they are sort of that old school thinking that if I can't see you, you're not getting your work done. It, it's going to be a, it, and now you have all these employees coming back to work 
kind of begrudgingly knowing they can completely do their job at home or from wherever they have been able to, and they were successful. Um, and then that's not a, that's not a healthy start of welcome back to the office, right? The other thing I wanted to mention is, oh, I'm having a brain freeze. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you mentioned something earlier, but it's gone. But anyway, just to that point that, that, um, pivoting now as leaders in organizations and how can you accommodate your team that's just been through a horrific ordeal, right? Mm -hmm. Show them you trust them. Oh, I know what I was going to say. If you work for a horrible boss that micromanages you and just is hovering over your shoulder constantly, and then you finally were able to work from home, what's your work what is your output going to be? I bet in the beginning, a lot of people were popping popcorn and watching Netflix because they probably figured, well, you know, you were so concerned with what I was getting done. Now I'm just going to do nothing. I mean, you just can imagine that sort of resentful, um, that resentful attitude maybe of, of employees at first having that freedom to just do their job, right? And then eventually finding their, their rhythm and getting back into good productivity because there have been many, um, many cases where they said the productivity of the team went up remote working, not down. So that's interesting. See, you, you're bringing up a really interesting point. And I think we should look at that a bit closer because if I feel like, you know, from a, if I'm acting from a point of resentment, that, you know, I'm, well, what are you going to do now, right? I'm home, nothing right. for you to control. All of what that, ha or maybe I am so exhausted that I literally, I, I can't even function, right? I need to lay down. I need to take naps because I'm so burned out. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that, uh, unfortunately, quite a bit too. We saw that before the pandemic, but now we are seeing that even more, mm -hmm. right? That because of of whatever responsibilities or whatever is going on in our life, we are so burned out and we're so anxious and we're so worried and, and then add a bad boss on top of that is just horrific, yeah. right? So I keep coming back to the point of all of these experiences, if we're acting as like out of resentment, for example, the one thing that all has in common is the fact that I'm in an unhealthy work relationship. Mm -hmm. It's really the bottom line and it's, it's, it's coming out of a very primal state, right? It comes out from a very unhealthy state. Mm -hmm. And so the question then becomes, how can we change that? And I believe sometimes for a lot of people, they don't know how to change that, mm -hmm. right? They feel at the mercy. They feel at what am I going to do? I can't lose this job. I can't jeopardize this job. We need this income. Or, you know, they try to talk it better because it's close to home or I can work from home or it gives me the flexibility I need or whatever the case might be. But isn't that the part we need to start at if we want to make it a better place, if we want to make it a better community, if we want to be a better society? Mm -hmm. Because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, nobody should feel this way. But so the question is, where do we start? And for me, where I see the biggest impact can be made is at that leadership level to say, I am going to be the best leader that I can possibly be. And 
I am going to mentor. I'm going to go into to guide. I'm going to provide that to any other leader that I can possibly bring that to because they are going to take that example. They got to remember how they felt. They remember how their performance went up. They remember how motivated they were, the energy that they got from that because of that happiness, because of that balance. And that doesn't mean that it's not a bad day ever, right? right. Or that we were not stressed, but it's that level of emotional anxiety. Nobody has to experience that. Yeah. And, and that is my mission. It's my vision of my company to say, I am creating leaders that are reaching their potential where we are eliminating that kind of anxiety and, and, and bad leadership behavior. And we are, we are making room for inspired leaders where we are not only treating each other like human beings, professionals, but we are also seeing better results mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because one is, is, is a result of the other. So your, um, your, what you're doing with your, with your company, your services are, are available globally would you say yes. do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. tell us what yeah. i know you're located in the south but um tell us a little bit about your great company yeah. so yeah i i'm uh, located in orlando but mm -hmm. i am literally working with um with people overseas even uh in germany and where we are i used to be a professor at the university in germany and that was another Thing that I'm actually starting here where I'm mentoring uh, leaders, young leaders or business owners in the areas of business management and leadership. And so there are a few spots that I have, actually I have a few available now to take on that one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Um, I'm having a group program as well where, you know, sometimes it's the community that we want to be part of and, yes. and, and that helps us see that we are not alone and how can we share experiences and help each other. And then of course, it's the mindset component to it and the strategy, right? To navigate through that. It's not all strategy. Mm -hmm. Strategy mm -hmm. doesn't go without the right mindset, without the right confidence, without, you know, having that in place. And then the strategy follows. But so that's one part of, of my service and, and really my hard passion, pro, you know, service that I, that I don't even really call an, an, an offering because it comes so near and, and dear to me. But as we are building that up, of course, when I'm working with companies or businesses, it's the same concept, it's out, except it's the business on a larger scale, mm -hmm. right? We are looking to, to optimize and, and build systems, processes that support that growth. And it's all around the people. Right. It's, you need to have leadership in every level and you have to structure it in a way where it runs smoothly so you can reach your full potential as a business. And so I'm working a lot with companies that navigate some kind of change because that oftentimes requires that realignment and, and that's when things get a bit tricky, especially if the change is not necessarily just growth where uh, you're supporting growth, but also like more of a crisis mode when you realize your competition is coming in or you're having um, other, whatever circumstances might be coming your way that you 
need to address on, mm -hmm. on oftentimes multiple levels. And so finding that alignment within and, and working with business executives and leadership teams to come up with a, a charting a path forward of how can we get from this moment of change into a thriving, supporting growth type business. It's fascinating. I love what you work. It sounds like you are trying to, um, the crossroads of efficiency with humanity. Yes. Like the, that blend of the maximum output, right? Maximum yeah. reach, but with a humane, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, centered at it all, which is beautiful. And we do yeah. need that, especially after the past 14 months, right? Yes. So Marion, I would like to ask you, this is a question that I ask all of my uh, podcast guests. What quality of a gentlewoman or a gentleman um, do you think is most important to emulate and why? Ah! <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know, right? But, you know, it's, I thought, I thought about that because there's so many qualities, right? It's, it's so difficult, like all these values that, and it's, it's the mix and it's the situation you have sometimes to bring out one more than the other. And mm -hmm. I think it's that feeling you have to develop, but trust again, I, and we talked about it, but yeah. it creates that connection, right? And actually just today I published an article in one of the industry media, um, that was talking about the key component of a resilient organization is trust. Mm. Because trust is usually built in good times, right? So when the times are a bit difficult, like we all experienced over the last months, you are leveraging that. You are able to continue on because you've done this ground work of trust, mm -hmm. building connection and, and trust. Again, I think sometimes leaders get confused what trust actually means, right? It's not talking. It's not what you say. It's right. not just rah, rah, you did such a great job. Wonderful. Right. When the day is, is great and I'm in a good mood, but it's, it's people remember how you make them feel. Yeah. You have to show, you have to be able to show that you care. And again, let's not get confused between I want to be their friend, right? I want right. to just give in to everything and I want them to feel good. I want them to admire me, right? It's not about me. It's about them. Right, right. And, and I, I believe as a leader, when we start coming to that realization, even as a business owner, as a consultant, it is not about me. Mm -hmm. It is about them. It's about what is your pain point? What is right. your situation? How can I help you understanding where they're coming from? And so often we get entangled with, you know, like what, how does that look on us? Or how can we really provide this or that? No, it's them. Right. And that is right. the focus. And so from a trust perspective, building that connection, showing that you care, making them feel that you care yes. because otherwise, and I've had actually, again, a lot of female of my female bosses, some worse than others, but it's that, oh, so great. They did so great. And the next opportunity that came, I heard them talk about whoever behind their back in a horrific way. Yeah. And, and that is something that is just, just not genuine, 
Mm-hmm. It's not a, a, a human trait, a value that I uh, actually even want to tolerate. In fact, I usually point out those kinds of things mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's if you have nothing nice to say, just don't say it, right? Or yeah. don't tell mm-hmm. me after the fact that you know this was so great when you don't really mean it. Right. When you say it, mean it. Yeah, and that builds trust. Otherwise you know, address the challenge, address the issue, and let's see how we can resolve it. But talking behind somebody's back um, is not building trust. And, and I do believe now than ever, more than ever, trust is what we need, trust and connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if they're talking about someone else behind their back, they're talking about you too. Right? Exactly. That's the bottom line. So any feedback you get that's positive from someone that operates in that unprofessional manner you're taking with a grain of salt anyway if you if they on the other hand they're conducting themselves like that in the workplace or even in life in general so yeah it's that um hypocritical you know that it's it's bad transparency because it lets us see the real core of that person and how they operate and then like you said that doesn't align with our personal values so then we want no part of it so anything that comes out of them is 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 just we kind of, it's not important to us and that's not fair, especially if they are a senior and we need that feedback and we need that appreciation coming, but we feel like we can't trust it, right? That's, that's broken trust and it's hard to win that back. Sometimes impossible. So I'd love, I'm sorry, excuse me. I, I've seen people walk out the door and lose. We, I've seen talent lost mm. because of that behavior. Yeah. Good talent. And, and it's, you know, again, at the end of the day will be a reflection on the business and the business will be less because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's a, a behavior that I personally, as I'm mentoring rising leaders, don't get involved in gossip. Don't get involved in back talking. Don't get involved yeah. in talking about whoever. If there's an issue, let's address it in a professional way, in mm-hmm. a in a kind, empathetic way, and let's find a solution. And mm-hmm. and and don't don't waste your energies because that that is not a not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and b it's not worth your time. Focus right. on the things that actually really make an impact. Yeah. And those kind of behaviors are what create toxic workplaces too. And, you know, once people are going down that road, road, you know, I, I was, uh, I had mentioned to you earlier, I just finished reading that book, uh, the bully, the boss and the job that ate me alive. And um, I think anyone that reads it, that's experienced a toxic workplace will find something in there they can completely relate to, mm. but the dynamics are always the same. And one of them is that gossiping, backstabbing, um, sort of two-faced, you know, sweet to your face, but then, so that's all, those are all hallmarks of toxic workplace cultures. And that's the work you're doing is trying to eradicate that from the workplace and help them understand. Because I feel, I feel in a sense, I mean, there's even talk about when you go back to work, do we have to have a business professional attire? Now, I love getting dressed up and I miss that immensely going into the office and, you know, planning my outfits, going to the dry cleaner, that whole thing. And I feel like when you're dressed appropriately, you feel ready, you feel more up for the job or up for the task or up for the challenge that's coming. 
and I, I feel like there's definitely this swing that, you know, ties won't be required or um, forget it. I'm coming in casual. I can do my work. And I feel that that sort of diminishes the professionalism of the workplace. And when that is lowered, then other things start to become less professional, like the way people talk to each other, the, the lunchroom talk, things. There's just... In for, for just for a quick example, my husband took me on a cruise. I've only ever been on one in my life. And mm-hmm. my mom had been on many. And part of the fun was planning all the outfits for every evening. You know, everything was just like glamour. And so I, I probably had four suitcases with me full of dresses and heels <laughs> and this and that. But we, it was when freestyle cruising first started. So we went to dinner the first night and there were people in juicy couture sweatsuits. So I'm like in this full on gown. And I'm looking around and I, it just is like, why, what? Some had not gotten their luggage yet. So I understand that, but come to find out there was no dress code except for one evening on the ship, the captain's night. And I can literally tell you that the entire atmosphere of the ship that night came way up. There was just such an elegance Mm -hmm. and the demeanor, the way people conducted themselves, it changed the whole dynamic of Mm -hmm. being in that crowd. So I, and not to say it was professional, it just had a much more, what I expected Mm -hmm. my cruise to be like, at least in the evening, you know, at dinner. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like keeping the office professional is important. You know, people are probably going to hate this because I talked about having to dress up for work, but there, a lot of these things tie into each other, keeping that business professional, that code of conduct we want we need in in corporate america corporate mm-hmm. international corporate i should say yeah you know you, you bring up a really really good point because like like you can even compare that to branding right like when as people right it's one thing is the appearance and and also how we feel right we we literally at times feel different when we are in a in a, in a suit or mm-hmm. in, you know, professional attire versus, you know, we're in our jeans or, or yoga pants or whatever, you know, we, yes. we choose to wear, uh, and how we show up, how we, the feeling determines how we show up and how we conduct, how creative we are in that professional. And, and at times I know definitely for me, it's been that I was my attire turned it turned me into the professional right and when I came home I switched back into comfortable clothes because now I was mom and I was friend wife whatever and and to a point where sometimes people would look at pictures on Facebook where I'm in my you know very casual kind of and they would barely recognize me because it you know literally changed so much uh, and and on top of that for the longest time I looked so much younger than I actually was that they were like oh you look like a baby right like <laughs> they saw me on Facebook which I now I take that as a compliment <laughs> yeah, back yeah. then I didn't but my point is it's the same with branding right when you say a brand it's the design everything that you see but it's the behavior Mm-hmm. that matters and you brought up like how do we treat each other and and that brings me back to leaders what kind of behavior we tolerate is going to determine the culture of my organization mm-hmm. and and so as soon as we start tolerating certain behaviors and I could we could spend another hour on that where I would have 
um, you know, so to call like our clients come in who put their legs up or their feet up on my employees' desks, behaviors like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, and and they were tolerated because they were those, you know, they were bringing in the money, they were bringing in the revenue, they were top uh, sales mm-hmm. uh, people. And, and so once we start tolerating this kind of behavior, that's the beginning of the end, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. festers, it goes through your, and, and then we want to talk about making this a respectful environment where we are attracting and retaining talent. Mm-hmm. Who that is talented and has options wants to be treated this way. Right. And it, it, it all comes back to the same point, yeah. right? As a leader, there is a certain level of conduct. There are values mm-hmm. that need to be um, determined. And then at times you need to have tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you just have to do the right thing. Right, right. Because I don't once, care. They, once they let if, that bar, once that bar is lowered, whether it's by tolerance of inappropriate yeah. behavior or um, they're really not leading. The, no. the employees are running no. the ship, right? Yeah. Then trying to get that bar back up somewhere. And then, like you said, it affects the brand and the reputation of the organization. And yeah. there are outlets where people can leave reviews and social media and all of these places now that can really ruin an organization if they are not keeping that professional business-like environment that will attract good talent. Like you said, who wants to go work at a place that feels like, you know, a, a bar or, a, you know, a card game? It's not professional. No. And, and you, once you start the floodgate, once you start opening, the flood is coming, right? Mm-hmm. There's no putting the gate back down. Right. And we know that. And I, I, I do believe that when we, and, and again, this come back, comes back to my earlier point, I don't care who you are. And you could be the top sales rep of this organization. It still does not give you the right to treat mm-hmm. anybody any differently and, and take advantage and, and act in a behavior that, quite frankly, is not professional. Exactly. It's, not, uh, it's not even really uh, mature. Mm-hmm. Because if you would be a mature adult, then you would not walk in and think that putting your feet up on somebody's desk and hush hushing them to get you a water is an appropriate thing to do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. that that cannot be, but that's where leadership has to come together. If I, as the manager or the leader of this team or this employee, if I am setting that record straight and then my boss comes in and says, you can't do that, he or she is the top, top salesperson, well, then we have a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. now it's like, who has the trump card, right? Who Favoritism, yeah. And, yeah. and the end result of it is that you lose those employees. You are having employees come in that use, if you're lucky enough to have a good company or a good brand uh, up to this point, then they use it as a launch pad. They get their two years in and then they take the name and they move on, right? Mm-hmm. And you are right. looking to... Uh, deal with that turnover. And that's a lot of the work that I'm focused on with companies, because sometimes it happens subconsciously, 
right? They're losing talent. They don't know why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and then when you look under the hood, they think the problem is that XYZ salesperson isn't supported, right? Or that we are not making them the center. When in reality, the problem is that we're not looking at this from a, a wholesome uh, perspective and from mm -hmm. a leadership perspective to say, if we take care of our employees, if we elevate our leadership and we don't tolerate this kind of behavior and we're instead setting clear expectations, we're clearly communicating, we're respectful with each other. We understand what our, is our vision, what our values, how can we align it all? That is when you start seeing a change. That's when mm -hmm. you see people are showing up in their best way. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. when they start supporting in this case, sales, and in, in an entirely different way. Right. Because again, they want to show up and do a good job, but not if they feel unvalued, unappreciated, if they feel disrespected, mm -hmm. you're not getting the best out of your people. So looking at this from a holistic standpoint to say, okay, let's take a look here. Do you even have a vision? Do you even know what your values are? What mm -hmm. is your leadership? How much of that behavior are you tolerating? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you make tweaks on those, it makes a world of a difference. Right. And I think they have to be brave enough to clean house if necessary. Yes. Right. Like a lot of times they... Yes. Um, they, it, things are too far gone. And if yes. the leadership truly wants to make the change and, and do, do right in the organization, sometimes it means they have to clean house. And, and the other thing I hear, I read a lot on, on LinkedIn about culture is everyone's responsibility and, um, everyone has a role to play in cult workplace culture. And that's true, but it starts at the top. Uh, an entry-level employee is not going to be able to change the culture of an organization because they come in with a professional, hardworking ethic, you know, wanting to do their best work. They will wither within months in that kind of environment. So it, it has to start at the top. And that's where you yeah. come in, right, Marianne? Yeah. Helping yeah. The, no, those leaders. That's right. And that's, that's what I love to do because at the end of the day, uh, I just did. I, I just did actually another podcast, and they determined my why was a better way, finding a better way. Because at the end of the day, we all benefit. It's a win-win. Mm -hmm. But to your point, and that's why in the beginning, I always ask, "Do you really want to see that change?" Right. right? Because a company needs to be ready to make those changes. Mm -hmm. They need to be at a point where they say, yeah, we, we are not sure what's going on. How can we make it better? But we are willing to do what it takes. And, and oftentimes, again, it's little tweaks. Sure, sometimes it's tough decisions, but, but it's working hand in hand and, and I, in a partnership. Mm -hmm. I'm not coming mm -hmm. in as a consultant to say, you do this, you do that. We have to, you know, and, and trashing everything that they've done. It's truly a partnership mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. coming in to say, okay, here is how we can make this better, right? And this is going to be a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I see my role um, being. Well, I think, as we said, coming out of this pandemic, there should be lots of work for you ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that mission too. So if people would like to um, find you, follow up with you, how can they do so? They, uh, I have a 30-minute um, conversation. It's on my website, wilderinternational.com, okay. and you can sign up for to get 
you know, on a conversational call, introductory call, we can see and I can see how I can help you or, um, you know, what, what might work there. Of course, you know, follow me on LinkedIn. I have a lot of value add information and resources that I have on there. So we can always connect uh, through LinkedIn as well. That's great. I will put all of that in the notes on the podcast episode. Um, so you, you guys can find her and follow up with her, which I'm sure you're going to want to do. Um, wow, it's been a great I always like to. Wow, we've been at it a while. Yes. <laughs> See, yes. I love that. I love when I just lose track of time. I don't know if my audience does, but I was just actually <laughs> listening to a, a podcaster um, in the marketing genre. And he was some of his podcasts are like two and a half hours. And he said, of course, you can see the data that he says people are literally listening to these two and a half. So, and I find myself, I do, I, I, when I finish my walk, I pause it. And the next time I go out, I start up where I left off. And I, so, you know, I think yeah. it's, I, it's hard to, I, I feel like I can't really dig into a conversation with someone in 20 minutes. Right. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you giving yeah. me the extra time. I really do. Yes, thank you, Michelle. I really enjoyed this. And it's, it's, you know, such an important uh, topic and an endeavor. So, you know, anyone that's listening to, to this that would like to jump on a call or get in, in touch, you know, I'd love to hear what you're dealing with and what's going on and how I can help and support. Yeah, please give her a call or find her on LinkedIn. And she's a, she's a great person to have in your network. And she does share um, wonderful information and articles and so forth. So um, thank you everyone that listened today and um, stay tuned. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. Just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at Gentlewoman Boss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. Just keep the